And we're recording, just like that. Super easy. Thanks for doing this, Jerry. No, of course. That's Absolutely. awesome, man. Absolutely. Awesome. This is my first podcast. <laughs> first so ever podcast. After you cut this, you got to make me sound like Barry White. <laughs> yeah. Like Barry White. <laughs> it might, people might hear me and they might think it's my first podcast. So. No, I don't have that many episodes in the bank, but um, 2019, you're the... You're the first recording I got. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, pretty cool. We're here at the the new gym establishment in the office. Um, met him up here before his noon workout. It's awesome. Yeah. Too. Really awesome. Everybody needs to come check this place out. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So. For sure. <clears throat> For sure. Well, um, I know we were talking the other day while we were working out about you and you own several businesses. And I just kind of asked you how you got going, and it went all the way back like to the beginning, which is a super interesting story. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about how you grew up and where you grew up and all that stuff and kind of take back to the beginning of how everything started. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I grew up in New Orleans, and uh, I guess probably uh, right around the time I started high school, um, moved to Houston. Um my dad, uh, I'm trying to think of how, so you're going to go back and cut, will you cut this up? I can, but I mean, I usually don't. Okay. We can just talk. It's, uh, it's all right. So grew up in, grew up in New Orleans, ended up going to Houston, um, to finish up high school there. Um, played football in high school and, and had a little bit of athletic ability. So my, uh, that led me to, to Texas Tech in Lubbock. With the idea of uh, of going there and playing football, and that lasted all of about ten days. And uh, <laughs> if you've ever been to West Texas, you know it's not uh, it, it's not the greatest place in the world, especially for a, a kid from from New Orleans and, and, and Houston. So um, I transferred. I had a bunch of buddies at A and M, and I transferred here as, as quickly as possible. Uh, and then finished school in two thousand three, and didn't know what I was going to do, and 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 wanted to go back to. Uh, to school, but at the time I needed to make a little bit of money, so I I went to work for a couple of guys that had a uh, really kind of a rough, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, tiny little retail mattress business that uh, that they had here, and, and they didn't live here, and they they wanted to get out of this market, and I learned the business and 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 bought into it, and bought it, and kind of turned it into a legitimate business and, and more of a legitimate. You know, brick and mortar business now with you know with three locations and uh, you know two here and then one actually <laughs> in all, the happiest place on earth in all places right? back in back in Lubbock, Texas. I've got one there, so for whatever reason, I decided to, to go back and see if uh, maybe I could conquer Lubbock <laughs> and <laughs> open a business there. So, well, that's what I thought the sign said in Lubbock. Didn't it say like that? It's the happiest or the friendliest people or. Something like that on the sign. We noticed it when we were traveling through going to Utah uh-huh. last year, and we're like, I mean, the people are nice, but I mean, I don't know about the nicest place on in Texas uh, or whatever. The you know, they, they say if your dog runs away, you can see him for two weeks. If you stand on, <laughs> if you stand on, a, stand on a can of tuna, you see him for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's it, you know, yeah, it's uh, so I, true. I, I tease people from Lubbock all the time, and and and. I give them the hard time, but they, they, you know, they are they are good people out in West Texas. They're salt of the earth people. Um, it's just you know, visually, it's it's a very difficult place to be. Yeah, <laughs> visually for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a little little hard. I can imagine being a kid. If you're a kid growing up there, it'd be yep. it'd be a little bit. You can get into some trouble. Definitely, not a lot to do for sure. You know, make up something for sure. Um, 
in New Orleans, I guess, with your dad in that situation. And who that, by the way. Uh, Saints are going <laughs> black and gold all the way to the Super Bowl this year. Boys, I'll be there for the division game in a week. All right. That's awesome. Like, that's cool. They're, they have a unique fan base. Definitely. That I dig. Definitely. I dig a lot. They support their team even when they've been terrible. Uh, I was there. My first pro football game was the paper bag over your head. Dude. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and that was when I was a, a little one. So I remember those days for sure. Well, what... Um, so I know growing up just a little bit, you've kind of been on your own at an early age, mm-hmm. like a really young age, and had to you had to make it to tech kind of all by yourself. You yeah, know, really. you know it, it. So mom checked out when I was when I was pretty young. Um, my dad, you know, had his struggles with, uh, and I want to preface this by saying I had I had the greatest dad in the world. He just fell on hard times, and it was just a tough time for him and. Uh, Alcohol was a tough thing for him, and uh, you know his health was was not very good. So really, from about the age of fifteen, sixteen, I was kind of kind of on my own. And uh, I'm one of these people that I don't subscribe to the thought that you're a product of your environment. I think everybody has the opportunity to make something of themselves, uh, regardless of whether you're a kid from inner city New Orleans, inner city Houston, or, or rural West Texas everybody's got an equal opportunity to make something of themselves. Um, fortunately for me, I had a little bit, I, I was involved in, in, in organized sports, which I'm a big proponent of that. I think if I, I think organized sports probably saved my life. If I wasn't in, involved in organized sports, I would have been, never had the opportunity to be anywhere near a college campus. Um, that got me, you know, some opportunities. Um, to get into school and continue my education and, and kind of lead me to where I am today. Yeah, they gave, gave you like a little outlet, you mm-hmm. know, uh, get your frustrations out, some stress Dis- out. Well, discipline. I think <clears throat> discipline and and learning how to set goals. I think organized, organized athletics, you know, whether you're a girl for girls, for boys, whatever, it, it teaches you how to set goals and attain goals. Um, it teaches you discipline. It teaches you composure. It teaches you a lot of things. Um, and I, I can't stress how, I've, how I view organized sports as being very, very important in, in you know, up, upbringing of, of our youth. And working with others. Definitely. Like you work with your teammates, you gotta, you got to be one unit. I'm, I'm right with you on this. Definitely. It's, it's something that I did growing up that I think taught me a ton of stuff. The value is, yeah. you, you can't place a value on it. No. You really, you really can't. And you look around. I mean, it has changed. Sports has changed people's lives. You know, people that that ordinarily would not have opportunity to do things. Uh, you know, and, and that doesn't mean go to the NFL or go to the NBA. Or you look at me. It changed <laughs> my. I'm, I'm a. I own a mattress store. Yeah. I own a mattress business. And I, really, at the end of the day, if you really dissect things, I probably owe that to organized sports. That's crazy. You know, if you That's think about it. If you, if if you, you think about it, it, if you really think about it. So Yeah. But how did you get interested in it as a kid growing up in that situation? Do you have friends that were in it? Did you... Like, in, as far as what? Yeah, into, into organized sports as a whole. Did you start at a young age? Your dad get you into Dad it? was into it. Dad was always into, in, into baseball and football. And uh, uh, so that's just kind of how I got into it. And I guess like like any any little boy, you you, you want to play, you know center field for the Yankees or quarterback for the Saints. 
So, you know, and I was not good at either one of those positions. But, uh, yeah, that's just kind of how, how I got into it through my dad. My dad had a love for, uh, you know, for all kinds of sports and, and uh, really anything that with a ball that moved. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how I got hooked. Oh, man. Uh, that's like, it's interesting that you kept going through it, like, even after your dad, you like you kept it, and you're like, "This is the only thing I have to grab. This is what I love. This yeah. is what I'm going to hold on to." You know, when your dad's going through his difficult, anytime something stresses me out, I don't need. I, I just need to go do something mm-hmm. and do it. it Relaxing me, so mm-hmm. I can only imagine it's ten times. You know, for you, especially playing football, hitting people. Right. It's <laughs> always fun. I was a linebacker. I was a linebacker in high school, so that was that was always enjoyable to hit people. How did your dad's situation change? Like, shape your view on drinking and drugs and that sort of thing like growing up in that because there's two different ways you can go you can yep. follow the same path as I that tell person people that all the time and then you can also take the other road and it happens both ways you know i'm just interested to know how it shaped your view seeing that happen i i knew from a very early age what i didn't want for my life um just seeing what what my dad went through and just his demise slowly over time um and again I had the greatest dad. He was my best friend. Um, but he just fell on hard times financially. Uh, and the demons the demons got him. But it, the way that I'm wired, everybody's wired different. Watching him and watching that, I knew what I didn't want out of life. Uh, and I knew I didn't want to depend on, on alcohol or drugs. You know, I don't know. The drug thing is a weird thing because I've seen drugs really get a hold of people and just kill them. For whatever reason, it, that just was, and, and if, of course I experimented, most people have, but I just never, that was just never my thing. Uh, you know, I never had a, uh, I guess I don't have an addictive personality maybe, so I, I never really wanted to go down that road. And, and I always in the back of my mind kind of knew what I didn't want out of life, and, and that's kind of why I stayed away from that stuff. You see the unhealthy side of it. Yeah, absolutely. And being yeah. in athletics, it doesn't help you in athletics. No, 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 I mean, I know people will tell you that it does, and maybe CBD oil and all that, you know, from marijuana will, like, reduce inflammation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is science behind that, and that's all good, but if you can't, if it's an addictive substance and you can't control it, it definitely hurts you. Right. I mean, it definitely does not improve your performance at right. all when it comes to that. So you've had the athletic side, and then you've got also seeing where you don't want to go and the unhealthiness and how easy it is to go down that path of like getting addicted. Right. So you just never really right. leapt into that path. Like, I don't want to, do you have the, the view of maybe I don't want to, I don't want to take a chance and maybe I have that. Maybe so. Maybe I looked at it like it was a slippery slope. Maybe if I, if I do mess with some things, I get hooked and I'm in trouble and then I'm gone, <laughs> you know? So I, I just, I, I never wanted to go down that road for whatever for whatever reason, and even with alcohol today, you know, and I and I, I socially drink. I I don't typically I don't typically drink alone, and uh, but even in the back of my mind, it's funny. My wife will tell you tell you this that, that sometimes I, I I get a little anal about it. Um, I don't when I when I see people that are wasted and, and things like that. Sometimes that that can kind of bother me, but you know, I just. I, same thing with alcohol. I just, you know, I, I drink socially, but that's it. I, I don't drink alone, and, and uh, I don't uh, do it often, so. Yeah. Man, right on. That's pretty cool that you could, and I like your viewpoint on, because <clears throat> I'm kind of on that, but I had, like, the typical, like, childhood, 
that everybody would kind of want, you know, my, we owned a business, you know, it, it was a, my grandpa built it in 56, it grew up, I was working in it, I never had a want for anything, mm-hmm. you know, but my parents always made me work for stuff, <clears throat> because that's the way my, my grandpa was very much, you know, you're going to work for what you get, you're not going to, you know, <clears throat> oh, I need a cough button, uh, you'd be like, uh, trust fund baby type of person, right. you know, and so I appreciate that, because when things did happen to the business, it really didn't put a hiccup in our right. plan, but I grew up that way, so I, I really, it, I have a lot of respect and, and admire people who have that viewpoint that you do, that you're, you're not a product of your environment, you're not. Although you always have a chance, there's an opportunity, there's decisions that you get to make, you do have like that nature versus nurture thing that people talk about with their kids and so on, um, I think you, you can go down a bad path and you can have influences but it's up to you to choose your influences as right. you get older you know what what you want to do so it's interesting hearing that point of view from your side growing up in something like that uh, and saying no I can do something different with my life right and, and go that way and we well, you know uh, nowadays you know you're if you don't have financial means really as far as education goes the government gives you every opportunity to help get you through school and you may come out in a bunch of debt, which I did. Um, but, you know, you poor kids from the city or wherever can get an education. Uh, and, and there's a lot of help out there. Yeah. You know, you can get a lot of help to, yeah. to kind of continue your education. Well, even for, like, vocations, like welding yeah. school, welding mechanic, school. Exactly. Like, whatever you want to be. You yep. want to be in construction, you can go get all the certification that you need in a specific school. 100%. And they'll give you assistance for it. Yep. Like, especially if you you don't have the means. It's just knowing about them, finding out about them, and also not being, I don't, I hate to say it, judging from the outside, but it's like a lazy sort of attitude. Yep. You know? you. Unfortunately, you had to work your butt off from, you know, the age of 16 to make it to tech. You know, because it's not easy making a Division One football team. Period. And can we we back up and say yes? I I, I attended Tech shortly. My yeah. degree is from A and M, and I do wear an Aggie <laughs> ring. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a Red Raider. <laughs> I'm gonna pause for just a second. Okay, we're back. A short little mishap. Some people had to come in the office here. We're and actually, let's be honest. I had yeah. drinking a protein shake and I shook it up, and the lid wasn't closed. <laughs> so it went, it went, it went everywhere. Uh, yeah, so I, I am an Aggie. I, I, I did attend Texas Tech for a short period um, and uh, got here as quick as I could. But to make a Division One football team... Well, let's back up. I was there about 10 days. I didn't quite make the you, team. You still... Attempted. Yeah. I made an attempt. Yeah. I did wear a helmet. You did wear a helmet. Yes. You hit some people. Yes. You got hit. I got hit. Mostly got hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not easy. No. I don't care who... Like, it doesn't really matter. People can... And, and I've... I've had this viewpoint, you know, people can judge from the outside, like look at a distance and say, man, that guy stinks. Yeah. Guess what, man? It takes a lot of work to get even on the field with yeah. a division one team, period. It doesn't matter. It takes a lot of work and you got to be a talented athlete. Right. Regardless of that, you know, I, I, I'd like to think I was a talented athlete, but <laughs> I, I, I don't, you look at some of those guys, you're like, God, I'm, I'm. I'm not. I shouldn't be on the same field as these people. Do you think some of that was like mental? Yeah, with you? of course. Like, is all mental because you're not tall. No, no, no. You're no. pretty short, dude. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you're thick and you're strong. <laughs> and really, we call him quads because he's got. I'd rather be called. I'd rather be called abs. Than, than quads, but, <laughs> I'd rather be called abs. Yeah, but quads. I can't seem to find those abs. 
They everybody keeps telling me they're under there, but I don't know where they are. So, but I mean, mentally, I, I mean, most years had to be like mental making it with those, you oh, know, yeah, I mean, gigantic guys. Because even as a line, like you, you're the height of like a short, short cornerback. Well, I ended up being a fullback. I ended up, I ended oh, up going in as a that fullback. Makes, I was that a makes sense too. High school. Yeah. So you at that time, I was about 230 pounds. So, uh, so I was kind of like a little bowling ball. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed hitting people until I got. To the college level, and then it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the guys just as yeah, big. The, guy, the guys were a lot bigger and, and stronger and faster, and you know, and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah. So it wasn't too much fun anymore. So then you just said, "Nah, I'm out. I'm yeah. gonna go to uh, a good. nicer place to look around I was while I go to school." Disenfranchised with uh, with with Lubbock, and uh, I had my best friend uh, was in Austin going to school there, and he lived on Sixth Street. And I, I toyed with with going with transferring to Texas and applying. I actually applied and got in, and uh, figured I wouldn't get a whole lot done if I was living on Sixth Street in Austin. So <laughs> I had some friends who were in AM, and I I really kind of fell in love with College Station and the the family close knit atmosphere of Bryan College Station and and A and M in particular really sold me. You know, coming in as a guy, you know, from a a background that. Did not really have a close knit family. No. Did not have a lot of family. Yeah, I really kind of was struck when I got here, and uh, and really kind of fell in love with that aspect of it. Um, it was kind of funny, you know, just to, to speak of how family oriented A and M is is a, a school of fifty thousand people, where you think you're just a number. Uh, my senior year of, of school here, my dad died, and I was in the middle of. Uh, my last semester, I think I was taking 19 hours, and my dad died, and I reported it to the Office of Student Affairs, and they took care of everything for me. Whoa! I didn't have to do a single thing. They, uh, you know, they call us when you're ready. You can take all your finals. This was towards the end of the semester. Uh, they contacted all my professors, dealt with everything for me. Um, so I, I owe a lot to to this university. They kind of made me. Who I am today, and, and taught me how to how to treat people, and you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it is I, speaking from somebody that also came from living somewhere else for 28 years, and then moving here is the first place you move. It it is a really nice place. It's uh, the differences with the way you grew up. You know, you've got New Orleans over there, you've got Bourbon Street, and yep. that's a wild party place. And then you've got Austin and Sixth Street, and that's mm-hmm. a wild party place. Mm-hmm. So you've got two different places. Then you've got College Station and that family atmosphere, like you were talking about. I can see why you'd be attracted to coming someplace with more of that mentality versus uh, Austin's just wild, big. Yep. Not everybody knows each other. Yep. You know, College Station's big, but it has that small town feel to it, right. which I really like. Right. You know, you really feel like. You, the respect of the students too. Out of all the college towns that I've been through, traveled through, whatever, the respect that the students have for the people and the place is—I um, I haven't seen it before, as far as no, the college it's, kids. And, and we go to a lot of the A and M road games and, and, and kind of hit all the other SEC towns. And there's no fan base or uh, or you know, townspeople that are anything remotely similar to as welcoming as as they are here. Yeah. So no, that's. I mean, this is like commercial for Bryan College Station and yes, A&M. I guess so. Okay, I had to pause it again. It got a little hiccup in the uh, my recorder, but we're back. 
again. So now we've had two two breaks in the podcast of twenty minutes. That's the first time I've had breaks. So you're the first one time I've ever t- taken a break. Is <laughs> that a bad thing or a good thing? <laughs> now I guess um, moving forward to you got school. What did you graduate with? A degree in political science, and I went into mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> The mattress business, I guess you're selling a product, you know, politics, you're selling an idea. Uh, That's what most interested me while I was in college. I enjoyed government. Uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed, uh, you know, policy studies, and and that's really what I enjoyed. And that's really the only thing that I kind of felt drawn to. Um, You know, maybe I should have been a doctor or something, but I I enjoyed enjoyed my... my, uh, coursework to get my degree. Did you work at the mattress place while going through college? No. Uh-uh. No? Yeah. So you did that after? I worked at, if and, and if anybody knows anything about College Station, this goes way back, I worked at Partners Food Delivery in college. And uh, so I used to deliver burgers all over town. At, uh, and that's <laughs> that's what I did. That's what that helped put me through school. So that's what put, put, uh, put money in my pockets through school. Okay. So you work as you're going through school and then... You get out, and you've got this degree in political science, mm-hmm. and now you're going to into the mattress business. How yep. did you get that job? Like, where did that? Uh, did you meet these guys? I had all no idea. Workers? Had no no. Had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, a couple days before I graduated, I think I saw uh, an ad on Monster dot uh, com that or, or something, or an ad in the newspaper or something. Uh, sent an email or made a phone call, and I started working for them Monday morning. So and, nice. then, and then probably within probably within about eighteen months, uh, bought into the business. Well, um, that's really quick. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I learned it. They wanted to. They wanted to eventually get out. Bought into the business. Uh, really, kind of learned the business. Attempted to actually buy them out, and uh, you know, I think in probably about two thousand six or two thousand seven, couldn't really re- reach an agreement. I left the business for about a year and a half. And then came back and then bought them out. What did completely. you do while you left? I went and worked in the oil field for a year. Oh. So in oil and gas. What did you do gas. for them? I worked for a company called National Oil Barco. Yeah, and yeah. I just ran their inventory for them for about, I guess I was probably there for about a year. Okay. And then, then uh, you know, when I stepped away from, from the mattress business for a year, that's when, uh, you know, we were able to kind of reach an agreement to, to sell, they were like, sell the entire okay, business. Okay, we need you. We, so, we don't want to do this on our own. Let's, like, let's let him. Correct. And then we, uh, and then from there, got back in and, and immediately started to, to kind of change the business and grow the business and add locations and, and things like that. And here we are. That's that's awesome, man. So I've been I've been involved in it for sixteen years or so. Yeah. So sixteen, seventeen years or so, pretty close to it. Did you meet your wife in that that time frame? Did you? I did. Known her for a while. Yeah, I met I met Alicia. In December of 2005, we got set up on a blind date. Oh, that's awesome. And she is not blind, <laughs> which most people would think. But, uh, yeah, we got set up on a blind date by a friend of ours' mother. And then uh, I chased her around, I guess, for four or five years. And, and then uh, in 2010, we got married. Nice. Chased her around for four or five Chased years. Chased her around for four or five years. She was difficult. In the beginning, but uh, <laughs> she's she's a, she, she's a Brian girl. She's from Brian College Station, and uh, and we we kind of finally settled down and got married in 2010. Nice, nice. I know her like now from what I hear anyway, and I know her, and 
unbelievably nice. Like, she loves people. Yes. And her family is like well established here in Bryan College Station, and she has like what seems like a close knit family. Very close knit family. Yeah. And that's one reason why I probably gravitated towards towards hers because you know it's such a close knit family. It's really not what I had. Yeah. Growing up, so it's it's nice being uh, it's nice having that for for me now, you know, yeah. and seeing that, and uh, you know, when you bring children into it, I, I think it's extremely important to have a close knit family like like she's got, and I I love being a part of it. Well, the cool part, of the the neat part about it is, I should say, people say I say cool way too much, so I got I'm trying to check myself. That's the cool say, thing about the like cool thing about the podcast. That's the neat thing about the podcast is that I get to hear all the mistakes that I make when talking to people. Right. But I, the interesting thing about that combination between you two and the family side and then your side is you get to give the best of both worlds to, you know, you have a child, you can give them the best of both worlds. You can give them the mindset that you have of, you know, your, your environment doesn't, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And then she can give them like she she comes from that background y'all can blend those two things together yep and just make a super baby yep you know I hope so <laughs> hopefully a division one athlete hopefully <laughs> yeah that likes that that's it's, big it's big it's big <laughs> yeah hopefully it's about six inches taller than me <laughs> with the same size quad yeah and then you'll be and then abs put, yeah. some, put some abs we'll make some abs in there and then you can play division yes. one football yes. and stick through it for four years that'd be nice yeah that would be awesome man so I don't know if you want to get into any of that. I mean, I know the the to the max sign on the gym is for Jared and Alicia. Uh, it's hashtag to the max. We break it out every single time to the max. Um, when I came in, I didn't really know. I just thought it was some cool little gym mantra. Mm-hmm. Like it's different. And then you hear the story about it. And they have a whole workout day for it. I don't know if you want to go into a little bit of that. Yeah, um, that's 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 my boy. My uh, um, Alicia and I are first. Um, was born in, in April of uh, 2016, and uh, he was perfect. There wasn't anything wrong with him. He was um, Alicia got a blood clot in her placenta uh, full term in week 39, and uh, and we lost him. But uh, he was perfect, perfectly healthy. Nothing wrong with him. Just came out like he was sleeping. So, but that was our that was our boy. So, kind of our rallying cry while we were going through that was was live life to the max and uh, Brian and, and, and Terrence when they when they opened their gym uh, they were kind of an integral part of, of everything that we went through and um, you know and they honored us by by making to the max such a such a big part of, uh, of, of their business and we're we're forever grateful but uh, you know a lot of people when you when they ask you do you have kids? And you say, well, you know, yeah, you know, we had, Max was born, but we lost him at birth. Um, a lot of people think, oh my God, that's, that's awful. But a lot of good things came out of, out of that. You know, a hundred people got to hold him and, and be with him. And uh, so many of our friends and family were, were, were there. And uh, Alicia is a rock star, 39 hours of labor later and gave birth to a, a beautiful, nearly seven pound baby boy. So, he was uh, he was perfect uh, inside and out. It was just his. I always tell people his number was up, and uh, God wanted him for for other purposes. Man. So that's uh, that's that, and we we can't argue with that. That's uh, that's that's his plan, not not ours. So, um, 
but he, he never had to, to deal with any of the, the bad things that we deal with on this earth and, you know, and all that. And, and he was perfect in, in, in every way. I wish we would have got to spend a little bit more time with him, but, you know, again, he had a, he had a bigger purpose. So. Well, what, I mean, it doesn't sound like, and this is just from the outside, obviously, I don't know what, how you and Alicia dealt with it when it happened, like the ups and downs maybe of that thing, like the struggle, like, you know, she went through 30, what is it, 39 hours yeah. of labor? Yeah. That's a long time, That's man. a long time. I mean, that makes the experience that much more intense. The reality of it is, I, I tell people, you know, when they say, well, how did you, you deal with that? We didn't have to. All our friends and family did everything. They were all there for us. They handled everything that needed to be handled. They were, you know, there for us to to cry with us and to laugh with us and uh, you know you, you never know how you're going to react to those situations until you're in them and uh, it takes a village and people all around us uh, from all over really helped us get through and had we not had those people around us we, I, don't, I don't know what would have happened but uh, everybody kind of took care of everything for us and, and, and helped us through and uh, we're forever grateful to all those people, and uh, you know, I couldn't be more grateful. Well, that mindset again of that just hey, this is a tragedy that happened, it's bad, but then you had all that family around, which you kind of gravitated to towards the college station area, towards your wife, Alicia, mm-hmm. and then you get that family, and you knowing that hey this is something special. Like I've got something special around me and you know, her family and the family that I have now and all of the friends that I basically call family that mm-hmm. treat me like family and the, the group that I've surrounded myself with, uh, positive people came to support me. Like I, i I would imagine that you appreciate it that much more than everybody else that just has it. hundred percent. And, and I said before, uh, a little while ago that organized sports saved my life. I can probably tell you with 100% certainty that, that, that Max, our first son, saved my life. Whoa. And, and what he showed all of us and what he showed me, what the power of that little guy rallying all of our friends and family around us, it, he, he definitely saved my life. Yeah. For sure. So if anybody's listening to this, that to the Max, it means so much more than just... A, a little Jim Mantra saying, so it really is something special. Yep. And, it, and it, a lot of it comes from not just him, but his whole entire family. Yep. You know, everybody from the people who are your friends that are close to you guys, right there immediately mm-hmm. in that. It just it means so much. It's so much deeper of a story, especially now hearing it like firsthand. And the first time I've really heard the story from you, and you know, I kind of heard the gist of the story in the workout, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means even more now now that I hear that it's like 39 hours of labor and you know all that that just intensifies the whole situation yeah. so I mean she's the my wife is the real star yeah I, mean, I, I, I didn't I didn't have to push him out so you know but uh, yeah, the good news is is Max will have a little sister little sister Blake will be here in uh, at the end of May oh yeah so that's uh, that's the you know the the, the the rainbow child in, in, in all this. Girls are trouble, man. Girls are trouble. I know. I've trouble. Got, I've got... I love them to death. Though. I would not. I, I, I actually like, I think, I think you're given 
the baby. Yeah, I know a lot of guys are like, I want a boy, I want a boy, I need a son, I need a son, you know. I, like, I want him to play football, I want him to do this, I want him to do that. But, um, you know, having a daughter and a stepdaughter, it's, it is something special. I'm excited, and I, I, <clears throat> I don't want to admit this, but I'm excited <laughs> about a girl because I know she's going to soften me a little bit. You know? <laughs> oh, they, uh, they, let me tell you, they get you right here. I have and they, they wrap, I'm holding on my pinky for people who can't see. They wrap, I mean, get, they get you. I'm, I'm Alicia's going to be a big part of this I'm, discipline. I'm, exci- <laughs> I'm excited for that part of it. Now, she might not play uh, middle linebacker for the Saints, but she's she's going to have permission to go play soccer at Stanford or something like that. So hopefully <laughs> she can do that. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. But they're awesome. Like, you're going to really, really enjoy it. It's yeah. it's it's a special gift to a dad. I'm, I'm excited, man. And uh, we're starting to get little girl clothes that are being given to us as gifts and things like that. Little pink tutus, and it just kind of makes me smile. All a and see something like that. All A&M that. gear? Oh, no definitely. Te- no all, tech stuff. No, no tech stuff. It'll be all in and gear, and, uh, for sure. No doubt about it. Huh. Nice, man. That's cool. Congratulations on Thank that. you. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard. I, I knew, I've heard some rumors, but that's the first time I've actually, you know, heard we're, the, we the word on it. We are super excited, so. Nice, man. That's nice. That's cool. There's no apprehensions or any nervousness around. You know, we you were, too? so over the past two years, we probably... We're freaking out, nervous about what being pregnant again was going to be like because of what, because of what we went through. Um, and we, I think the anticipation of being pregnant was the awful part because we've been fine so far. We've yes. been excited. We've been happy. Our doctors know everything that's, that, you know, obviously that, that happened during Max and they know how to, to, to treat this pregnancy moving forward. So we're not really... Nervous about anything. We're really just excited more than anything. Nice, so, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's, It'd be that's the first man. girl granddaughter. First girl for gra- granddaughter. Oh, so we're, man. Yeah, so it's, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Spoiled. So we're going we're gonna to get a spoiled one. We, I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. That, man, that's, that's great, man. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I guess moving out, like after that whole thing happens and the dust settles down and you've got three mattress stores to take care of you know um, how difficult was it just to return to daily life Uh, very because you know one drawback that that we have as guys is we we tend to bottle things up oh yeah Uh, girls and women are a little bit easier about talking about those things and getting those things out well we can always handle it yeah we can't so yeah so what what do we do we 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 put our head down and we move forward yeah. And we probably don't deal with things that we should deal with. 100%. Um, That's, I, that was a joke, by the way. They, so, they know how to deal with it yeah, better for than sure. we do. Yeah. So that was, that, was a difficult, uh, that was a difficult thing. That was probably the most challenging thing for me is, is, is really, really kind of dealing with things and, and going back to work. And I've kind of always been one of those people that stay busy, stay busy, stay busy. And, you know, and everything's okay. So, but, uh, you know, my wife helped me with a lot of, a lot of those things and, and, and kind of, you know, helping me talk things out and, and deal with things and get things out. Um, you know, because obviously, you know, that was, that was our, that was our first and that was, that was my boy. So, you know, it was probably six months in where I kind of broke down and, and really kind of let it all out and, uh, 
but you know, again, the help that we had was all the people around us. You know, they really, they really kind of helped surround us with love and prayer and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it, that made it a lot easier, you know, for me. Was it, uh, did you hold the stuff in from your dad in your childhood? I probably still hold the stuff in from oh. my dad in my childhood, <laughs> for sure. Uh, one gotcha. other thing about us is we're probably not too good about going and getting help and talking to somebody. No, nope, no. Nope. Well, Guys yeah. are not. No, no. Because um, we can, like, I, I, I know from your mindset, it's very similar to mine, and that is I can always handle it. Yes. I can always take care of it. Like, it's no big deal. I'm being a sissy. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and that could not, and it's taken me... 38 years to realize that could not be farther from the truth. We all need that yeah. sometimes to go yeah. sit and talk. Uh, and, and, you know, therapy is not, not a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I probably still harbor, uh, and my wife would probably tell you this too, I, I still harbor some, uh, some resentment from my childhood and, and kind of what I went through, you know, and all that. So, yeah. I um, can imagine. That's what I was, I was wondering the difference between, you know, Max, and then you know your your dad, and losing your dad at a young age, and really yeah. like watching him go through his struggles, and you know your childhood, like how that related to this. And when you started talking about <clears throat> talking about your feelings and getting it out there, which is something that's super duper important for mm-hmm. everybody to know. Like particularly, there's particularly, other going through the same thing. Yeah, it's important for everybody, particularly men, because we don't do it. Yeah, because we're 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 wired, we're not wired as emotional. Right. So, which is not a good thing, you know. It, I mean, it, you know, it's 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 not. Uh, Max definitely helped with with kind of softening some of the things that that, that I went through um, growing up, and and it's helped me. You know, one of the things the way that I one one of the issues with the way that I grew up is I'm extremely independent, and I've always had to do things on my own. And when you introduce uh, that into a marriage. Uh, Oh. That can create some issues. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, and, and my wife has always been quick to point that out <laughs> uh, because you know I, I've never had to worry about anybody else. I've always had to worry about myself. So, uh, but she's she and, and Max kind of have taught me to you know kind of relax a little bit and, and and be a little bit more cognizant of other people's feelings and you know and, you know and things like that. So. Yeah, it's all, like soften you up a bit, and then maybe um, I imagine it also kind of helped you deal with, at least from the outside, help you deal with uh, how hard of a thing that is for loss. Yeah, because it wasn't my first loss. Yeah, which so it, it, that was a little bit easier, I would say, uh, for me because I I had had loss before. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't want to speak to. For, for my wife, but she really had, had not had the loss before, well, so I mean, it was a little yeah. harder on, on her. But you know, I had you know I had had the you know the loss of of my dad and and, and the loss of part of my childhood, really to some respect. Um, so I I had I had dealt with it before, but yeah, it that that made it a little bit easier. I, I would say if it you know if it could be easier. Yeah, you know? I mean, at least understanding the feelings that you had. Exactly. Now it's just getting them out. Yep. You now know? it's getting them. Now it's getting them out. Now it's getting them and out. We're working on, and we're working on that. <laughs> so we're, we're working on that. Because you know, it's like a form of PSD. Really, yeah. You know? No, it, it is. But you know, anytime the one awesome thing about Max and what we went through, anytime anybody asks me about it, I'm, I'm we're anytime anybody asks me or Alicia about it, we're we're an open book, and we love to tell people about Max because he was he was perfect. 
So we, we love to tell the, the, the story, and, and the story is, is not a, a horrible, sad thing. So much good came out of it, uh, out of losing him. And uh, so, you know, let's. Oh, well, I think it, it also, like, sharing your story. I don't want to like prop you up to be some hero or anything for this situation, but um, when I I, I really mean this part of it, and that is putting it out there and being open about it and being able to talk about it with people lets other people that might be bottling it up inside know other people are going through just the same struggle. You know, people in your situation or whatever it may be. You open up about it, you talk about it, and and you you share your you know how hard it was and the struggle and what you used for support and how it made it easier people can really start to open up and realize like other people are struggling just like it's not just me well, I wasn't gifted this pain like and, and when you go through something like that when you lose a child uh, when it happens to you one comforting thing is really people kind of come out of the woodwork that you know that have also lost a child that you didn't know no, had lost that's a child. Crazy, even man. people in they this, don't even say it at all. No, even people in this gym. And I mean, there was a uh, a guy that I knew really well while I was in, in school at A and M that uh, that actually was it was a defensive end for A and M that they him and his wife lost a uh, child in the full term in the exact same form and fashion that we lost Max. And he reached out and said, "Hey, I know what you're going through because the exact same thing happened." Uh, to my wife, the manliest I, of men at forty weeks, the yeah. manliest of men. This guy's built like a mountain, <laughs> and uh, he said, "You know, and this is how I dealt with it, and I know what you're going through, and I'm here for you." Um, but countless people reached out that that uh, that went through those the exact same you know scenario, and you just you have no idea. Now, one other thing I will say uh, uh, about Max that a good thing that came out of it was it forever changes the way that you interact with people. Because you never know what someone's going through, oh. so I do find myself that I'm kinder to people, I'm nicer to people, I'm more understanding when I interact with people because you don't know what that person's going through, you yeah, know. Yeah, and that's a that's a big that's a big thing, and that that's one thing that that Max gave me that I that I walk with every day is when I interact with people, I'm very careful the way I interact with them because you don't know what's going on in their life. Change your perspective. You don't know if their their sister just lost a a, a child at full term you don't know if their uh, dad was just killed in a car accident or whatever you know it changes your perspective and it changes the way that you interact with people that's uh, I bet you it changes the way like you dealt with employees 100% and everything 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 Everything. every interaction that you have with another human being in your life changes because you don't you don't know what what people are going through yeah and one kind word could change someone's a decision a bad decision that they're going to make in their life that's that it really can't. That's powerful. You know? So it really can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree. But a lot of times we get busy and stress, stressed out. We get busy, stressed out, annoyed with people. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's if, easy if anybody gets it. annoyed with people, I do. I have a short fuse. I have a short temper. <laughs> you know, but we, we get frustrated and, and tired and we don't want to deal with people and, and all that. But in the, in the back of my head, I have Max back there saying, you need to you have a slow legit, down, like a physical reminder. Slow down, be respectful, interact like a normal human being. Yeah, and be kind because yeah. being kind goes a long, long way. Oh man, that's 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 great, man. I love that comment right there. One kind word. Yep, one kind word can change someone's life and 
change from someone's perspective. Well, I mean, even you're driving down the road and some, you know, Houston, I drive in Houston all the time. And you just want to flip Austin, somebody off that cuts you off. They're flipping me off, or yeah. they're yelling, and they're cutting me off. Yeah. And I get mad, and I feel like I want to go do that, you know. Um, I got, I'm doing company business, so I can't do that, right. you know. So I'm, I'm held back for that reason. But just to piggyback off of your thought, like, you don't know what that person's dealing with on a day. Yep. You know, that person could have all this stress bottled up inside them. They're not letting it out. Like, you know, they could have something like a max situation that has been going on for years that they haven't it, let go of. It could be, because they it could got be anything. It could be that person is struggling trying to figure out how they're going to make their mortgage payment or yeah. how they're going to put food on the table. Which is a real stress. Yes, which is a stress. lot of stress for a lot of people. Yeah. How they're going to put food on their table for their kids or... You know, or they just lost a child, or they just lost a parent, or you know, it, it you know, it, you know, it's, it's something we all need to do better at. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And Max is my reminder to do that. So, man, that's it's it's really really crazy to hear how you flip something almost immediately into a positive and not in a defensive mode where it's like I'm just saying this. Like I'm just saying this because I have to tell myself it's positive. It's like sitting across from you. It's 100% genuine. It goes back to the very first thing that we talked about on this podcast. You are not a product of your environment. You have choices to make. You have decisions to make every day. Whether that's how you interact with people. Whether that's what you're going to do with your life. It, it, it goes back to the same thing. You're not a product of your environment. So I can't take Max's memory... And Max's memory has to be a positive. I can't make that a negative and, and make that destroy my life. I like it, man. I like it. Thanks for doing this, Jerry. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate it. it. Is there anything it. you want to shout out to your mattress stores? What the the names, locations, the, the sleep station? We are an Aggie-owned and operated business business here in Bryan College Station with the lone uh, the lone store out there in Lubbock, Texas. Which is <laughs> we are also Aggie-owned and operated out there. We just don't advertise that out there. So. Come see us if you ever need a mattress or uh, any other thing. Or usually you can find me at Sawed Off CrossFit at noon during the week. Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right. Thanks again, Jerry. I appreciate it, man. Thanks.